0: problems facing local authorities. To begin, we hear from Abraham Gabriel georgis a lawyer, and David Rook, a housing officer with Brighton & Hove Council. They talk about some of the problems facing the council in responding to homelessness.
1: Well, I think the main problem we have is the one which is experienced by all local authorities, i.e. lack of resources. Over the last 15 or 20 years, since the introduction of the right to buy legislation, a lot of our housing stock was bought by the tenants and, of course, it's not available for homeless persons. Secondly, the attitude of society is, is probably changing and the support that we give to homeless persons is increasingly perceived as being a temporary measure. And the general message coming from central government is that people should be in a position or should be able, with some support or assistance, to make their own provision in the long term but a large section or a large proportion of the persons presenting themselves as homeless may not have that option. And uh, homelessness usually tends to coexist with other problems, mental health problems or other sort of problems. And because of that, what used to be primarily a brick-and-mortar service providing accommodation is increasingly having to address the problem of support and care to the person who is accommodated and therefore housing is increasingly becoming a social issue and a care issue and, and therefore the health social and housing needs just go hand in hand
2: At the moment we're drawing up a protocol of how housing will work with social services and health and I'm quite hopeful that that will bring health on board far more Than at present. For example, it's not uncommon for a hospital social worker to phone us and advise at three in the afternoon that somebody's being discharged from hospital today, they're homeless today, and they must have ground floor level access accommodation. That sort of scenario happens not infrequently, and it's that sort of working relationship that really isn't helpful. So we want to try and improve that communication problem, but also I think there's very much a need for. Health to get more involved in the provision of housing and the provision of good quality housing, because bad quality housing inevitably affects the tenant's health and then impacts on the health authorities or the preventative approach. We've received grants of seven million pounds under the rough sleepers initiative. We've carried out two counts of rough sleepers: one in I think it was '96 and one last summer. And in the first count, there were 44 rough sleepers identified. The second count it was 40. I think it was 43, and the funding will provide 100 units of accommodation for rough sleepers. And that's a program that's properties have now been found. We've got partner organisations. We're just waiting. You know, we're just in the stages of e- either completing on a property purchase or completing a refurbishment. And over the next few months, these 100 units will come online. Half of which will be supported or there'll be support on site, the other half will be unsupported. I'm sure we won't have any problem filling the 100 units.
1: Paul is a young man currently sleeping on the streets.
2: The first time was a few
0: years ago, I I got caught up in rent arrears, so I was out on the streets. Then I decided to travel about a bit, so I've been in and out of night shelters and hostels, and then I moved to a town that I like, and sometimes it can be difficult... Finding a place that will take me because I'm under 25 and because of the cuts in housing benefit and that, it can be quite difficult. But I was OK. I mean, I was in Plymouth before I come here and I was um, squatting in a flat there, but um, I was evicted from that and then I was offered the chance to come to Brighton with a couple of people, so I moved from there to here. And so I've been on the streets on and off for the last, what, seven months since I've been here? It can have some serious effects. I mean, you don't always get the chance to eat properly. You know, I mean, it's OK now. I'm selling a big issue now. I can make money, so I can go out and get something to eat. But it's always eating out on the run and that. So, you know, it's not easy to get a proper meal every time. You know, and if you have a bad day and you don't make any money, there's a couple of the soup runs, but it is just soup and bread, and it is, at, like, 8 o'clock at night, so that's it, you know. Sleeping out, the bad weather and that, you know, it's not not good for you. You know, you get colds quite easy, you know. I did have quite a bad case of flu over the winter and that. My sleeping bags got damp when I was out one night, so I had quite a really chest infection. It was pretty bad.
1: Young people can be disadvantaged by the system. John Holmstrom of Brighton Housing Trust explains why.
3: The main reason young people have a problem is due to the single-room rent. The single-room rent was introduced in October 1996 by the previous government, which limited the maximum level of housing benefit to the cost of a single-room without any facilities such as cooking in your room, so it's only shared facilities. It's been set at around about £44 a week. Because of the definition single-room rent, it doesn't even cover the cost of a bed sit. A bedsit meaning a single room with cooking facilities, which is the minimum standard the local authority imposes in terms of environmental health legislation, the cost of that at the moment is closer to 50 to £55 pounds a week. Because young people have £10 pounds a week less benefit to live on, they have absolutely no resources to top up any shortfall. So landlords have effectively stopped letting to young people. For under-25-year-olds who may not be rough sleepers but are homeless and we can't assist. In some ways, we don't know what is happening. If they find the doors are constantly closed in their face, they have to work out their own solutions. Clients are invariably very resilient and remarkably resilient, and that's the one thing I'm left with, is their enduring ability to survive extremely difficult circumstances in practice what that means is they will explore and exploit as far as much their own personal networks, family, friends, whatever. The cases we're beginning to see now is where those networks are exhausted, sleeping on somebody's floor who hasn't got proper accommodation, landlord getting unhappy about somebody living long term in family or friendship relationships under strain because of overcrowding. So, we we're seeing those stresses and strains. But ultimately, we really don't know because a lot of those young people aren't in contact with anybody. And I think our concern is, is there a potential time bomb there which will start hitting us where people are being turned away and there's kind of the onset of damage or, or the unease of homelessness. From the Open University...